Hello there. Today we're going to be talking about how you can turn a beautiful country garden into Marne Sand. <laughs> Hello, Steve. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yes, you're, you're referring to the latest plan from our very, very wonderful and, may I say, modest and tall chief executive. <laughs> Who, who, who has responded to another plan by a slightly pumper, pumper, plumper, former chief executive by the name of C.H. Tung, which said, I tell you what, those country parks take up a lot of space. Often. Because <laughs> uh, um, what we need is more property and uh, what we need is more property and uh, what we need is more property. Especially the kind that people don't live in. It's particularly the kind that people don't live in and that will cater for the needs of the most oppressed people in the in the community, which, of course, are the property developers. I mean, why there isn't a benevolent fund for property developers in Hong Kong, I have no idea. I know. Because they are the needy. But, but, you know, you could have... You could have a rational discussion about whether the country parks no. in some way could be utilised for housing land. But it seems to me... This is a question of trust. Now, I know people listening to this programme will say, well, I have no problem trusting the administration of CY Learn. In fact, you know, I'd send small dogs out to, to, to be fed by it. But there are other people who take another view, and, and can we just disregard them for a moment? Because yes. they're riffraff. So for the ones who've got small dogs waiting to be wet, fed by the CY Learn administration, they might just, though, think, do you know what? It's not actually a land shortage problem in Hong Kong. There's lots of land available for development. Mm -hmm. A lot of these so-called brown brownfield sites, which are being held by developers, what's a brownfield site? Well, it, 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 it's it's properties held by developers that they haven't yet developed because the price isn't right. So it, it is actually land. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but land seems to be to be land. We're already you know, getting complaints from listeners here. Rick says we need more shopping centres. Well, he's right. He's right. I mean, the 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 the, the complete lack of shopping centres in Hong Kong is is nothing short of a, a scandal, and and I'm glad Rick has pointed that out. But just coming back to the country parks, I mean, what's happening now is in fact de um, destruction uh, in the country parks. I mean, there was a story today about a developer. Uh, knocking down large parts of Hoi Ha, which is very... Oh, it's lovely there. It's a very nice... It was lovely there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a marine conservation area, among other things, in, in Sai Kung Country Park. There was a, there was a big um, act of desecration that went on in Wan Chuk Hang, which is another part of the site. Oh, no, that's the Maun San Country Park. I mean, this was a site as big as two football fields. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about this is what happens is that the, the developers who bought out old village land, because remember, in the middle of the country parks are these enclaves, which aren't, strictly speaking, covered by the country park ordinance. That's the words, bit we're looking at, but these things grow. There's a, that's, there's, that's there's exactly, a monkeys and typewriters that, theory exactly here, isn't there? That's exactly the point. <laughs> and believe it or not, even though they're, they're, these um, bits of property are owned by powerful property developers, apparently... And I can't believe this is true. They're not beyond the. They're not above the law. Apparently, they need to apply for planning permission and so forth. But what they do, in reality, because I've seen it, being a country park resident myself, is they just create facts. They knock down large swathes of vegetation and build um, houses, then sell them, and then they go to the district office and the lands department and say, "Well, I've got a house there. Will you now approve it?" And they say, "Oh my goodness." Yes. 
<laughs> so, I mean, this is already going on. You don't need to speculate on, on the dangers. And what really worries me is that when you have people like the hapless planning secretary, whose name I always have a blank spot about, and you have people like C.Y. Long, who I admire greatly, talking about reform of country park land, you know what it means. It doesn't mean anything good. And it's extraordinary. They just don't focus on the other areas of land supply. It is true. Land is required in Hong Kong for housing development. But what are they talking about? Are they talking about, you know, new big luxury developments? The actual need for housing development is right down at the other end of the spectrum. And I don't see them discussing that at all. Hmm. Well, I think our listeners are going to know way more about this, facts and figures and stuff, if you want to get in touch. Now's your time. Morningbrew at rthk.hk. The thing I'm not too sure about is the blanket statement that it's either country parks or building. Yeah, exactly. I Big mean, wall it, it, down it, the middle. It, it, this is a ridiculous either-or. I just want you to know. understand it. Well, it, that, it, it is, um, and to use a technical expression, that is complete horlicks. <laughs> yeah, you know? You like that. I mean, the fact of the matter is that there is a whole area of discussion to be had about preserving the environment, giving Hong Kong a beautiful breathing space, this pristine proximity of beautiful parklands to a very heavily um, populated urban conurbation. You can have a sensible discussion about that and you can have another sensible discussion about what are the housing needs of the 7.8 million or whatever is the current population of Hong Kong. When was the last time... Oh, no, sorry, I'm just thinking that the, the, the immediate reaction was, yes, but it won't happen on our watch. Yes, yes. But the problem with this is, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's like all sorts of bacteria. They proliferate. Well, they do. So, you know, once the bacteria gets into the system, you can be fairly sure that it will spread. So now that the, the, the hitherto understood perception that the country parks were untouchable mm. has been questioned and questioned at the very top of the government. You know full well what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to work out what that theory is called when you put a bunch of people somewhere with that there's no fences around it. They, yes. w they will spread out because they, they want their own space. Yes. I mean, we've seen kind of things like this in the new territories, but I just don't understand this. this it's almost like a scare. You want country parks or you want housing? Well, you see, they can't, they can't defend the, the vandalism which they're I intent upon. So they have to focus the discussion on something else. They say, oh, these, these tree huggers and these nature, nature weirdos, what they're really doing is depriving Hong Kong people of housing. It, it, it's the old two-card trick, you know. Never talk about the subject at hand. Always bring in another subject that you know you're on firmer ground on. Is this going to happen? I would love to say I can't see it happening, but I'm I'm afraid that without a battle it will happen. It's incredible, isn't it? It, it always, is incredible. It always blows me away that it's people from here who are the ones who sort of put this stuff... And can we just remind ourselves of the sheer magnificence of the Country Park scheme? I don't know, we, we may well have more erudite listeners who, who, who can think of another example, but I can think of no other major conurbation in the world that has such close proximity to these enormous parklands. Well, you've just QED'd yourself there. Well, but it's, it, it's, it's, a, 
you know, people should realise the fantastic thing that we have here for what it is, rather than saying, oh, well, that's a bit of a problem. It's not a problem. It's a glorious thing. Let's talk about what people say about this kind of thing. The biggest uh, sweeping statements all across the board from the other side too. The other side is people just buy them to speculate. You keep using that word. They don't live in them. They just buy them to make money. Is that true or not? Well... You're talking about the enclaves. I'm you? talking about, in general, massive well, buying up there, of property. There is, there is a lot of property bought for speculation in Hong Kong. That's true. But I, I, do, I do understand that there is a shortage of land for housing development. But, you know, you, you might say, well, if you're so worried about best utilisation of the land we've got, why not impose heavy taxes on property owners who keep property unoccupied for long periods of time. Yeah. That's not a new idea. Yeah. It's been tried in many cities in the world. And you know what? It works. Yeah. I've got another one here from Money William. Money does talk. I've got another one here from William who says, 100 million square feet in land bank held by the big three. Get it developed. Yeah, well, these are the brownfield sites. That's what William's talking about. Get into about. that, will you? No, he's well, taking the mickey, but can you get into that? No, no. There is, there is vast amounts of land being held that hasn't been developed. That's the, yeah. I don't know whether it's that figure, but, but he actually, I think he's quite right. Where is it? Where, are, where is this brown all stuff? Over, all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. Um, you know, if you... I, I, I have the great privilege of spending a long time... I've never seen of one. Time. In the new territories, most of it. And so, oh, I tell you, another thing that gets chucked in, what about all the stuff the PLA owns and doesn't use? Well, There's say that. goodbye to that, that's There's not going to that. happen. There's that, that's not going to happen. There's um, all the land, which I know this is highly controversial, so we're not going to talk about it on Radio 3, but there's land near the border. Quite a lot of that. Oh, goodness me. And goodness me. My poem. Uh, well, <laughs> my po which is wonderful, by the Do way. Do you know my po is clogged up with birds? It Did is. You heard that? Get rid it's of them. Absolute disgrace. And butterflies. Butterflies. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't realised it was that bad. I went up there the other day. I got to tell you, it's stunning. It is. I mean, I'm the last person in the world to go to my po, and there's this spectre of Shenzhen in the distance. Yeah, I, a, a sort of a, a glimmer of it. Oh, <laughs> amazing place. Yeah, it is an amazing. Please don't place. build on that. Yeah. Well, anyway, but the point is, most of the land that we're talking about is in the new territories. A lot of it is near the um, near the border, but but you know you've got it in places like Huai Chung. Uh, there's a lot of areas yeah. that have un undeveloped or underdeveloped land, mm. which maybe you should think about first because it, it seems to me that if there is this acute problem, which you know the chief executive and others tell us about. Maybe they should do something about it. Good morning to H.E.B., who says the property developers buy up farmland suitable for farming. It's speculation that the farmland can be used for something other than farming. We'll be right down the <laughs> crapper, he says, in no time if we don't protect the developers' speculative purchases. Also, whatever we do, don't upset the well-established practice of developers sitting on, on either land or completed properties. Just look some of the blocks at Gold Coast, still empty years after completion. Finally, and meanwhile, industrial buildings are increasingly used for residential and retail space. Crack down on that so as to further protect the interests of our most important property speculators. Yes, well, as I say, I'm, I, I actually do spend most of my waking hours worrying about whether property speculators can really make a living in this kind of society. It, 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 is, it is a very severe problem. Another question before we move on to something else. You always get the impression that things are uh, wheeled out at a certain time. They're time-released. For a certain reason, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what why it's come up. I mean, I know why it's come up because um, uh, Ch Tung's think tank brought out a paper on this. Why it brought out a paper? This I still week want to know what a think tank is. Where do they meet? What do they do? Yes, 
I think is there a sign on the door? Well, there's a tank. Can they go into the tank? Think here. (laughs) Tell you what, we've got five minutes before the news. You wanted to talk a little bit about the MPF. Peter Lewis is hanging around like a spare penny. He understands this stuff. I don't. (laughs) So bring it on. Well, just very quickly, um, what's basically happened is the government has said that in the face of all this criticism about the MPF, which is entirely justifiable, it's a scheme that covers 600,000 employees in Hong Kong, so it's not small, they're going to introduce a new form of investment which has very low management fees and which presumably invests in things like ETFs, exchange-traded funds and other sort of more general investments. But, But extraordinarily, and it seems to be much in the history of how the EPF operates... Um, people are going to have to opt out of this rather than opt into it. That seems bizarre to me. I, I think um, that the problem with the MPF is that actually the, this idea that a core fund is going to solve all the problems of the MPF is, is wrong. And, and, you know, the core fund itself could have a lot of problems. It depends upon the size and the... Um, and the scale of that fund. I mean, it may be that, you know, that fund itself doesn't perform very well, so in which case low fees aren't going to solve the problem of, uh, of, of the MPFs. And in, and in fact, I mean, I think, Peter, you know more about this than me, the, the performance record of the MPF has been pretty damn poor. I mean, yeah. it, it's been in existence since 2000, yeah. and I think in its entire history it has never... Um, exceeded, or rather the returns that it's made for its investors have never been better than they would be able to achieve by really not being very clever putting those that money into other vehicles and and i think you know the way people should look at it is that a pension is just one particular form of savings in many ways you shouldn't regard how you look at your pension any differently from the way in which you would manage other types of savings products it just so happens that this is a, a form of provision for, for later on in life. But the, the problem with it is that there's not enough providers, there's a lack of choice, um, there's not enough flexibility, so that if you change jobs or you know, move out of the country, um, you, know, you end up losing a lot of your, um, your, your contributions. So that you know, just having a core fund is not going to solve all those problems. People really don't understand what is happening to their money because it's not explained to them very well. There just is a lack of transparency and a lack of explanation about what's done with it. Is that, is that all it comes down to? If you, if you present something in a better, easier-to-understand way, people might say, oh, OK, yeah, why not? Or, or maybe they might say, you know, rather than having to put this money into a fund that the government says we have to put it into, we have other ways of investing it. And I don't like this idea of compelling people anyway about what to do with their money. I mean, the government doesn't really have a stake in this. It's not, you know, it's not as if the government is, is making the provision. It's not like Singapore, where the government is actually providing um, for your pension. This is your own contributions and your, and your own money. And I don't like the idea of being told how and where you, know, you should be putting that and how it should be managed. And we, and we should remind listeners that when this scheme started uh, 15 years ago, it was, it, was a, it was an amazing scam mm-hmm. because only half a dozen um, fund providers were, were, were allowed to manage these funds. Their management charges were far higher than those prevailing generally in the industry. So, boy, what a, what a scam for the big uh, fund managers. Now, it's true they've, extended, they've expanded it. And there's now the massive number of 19 
designated fund providers. But, you know, still in the universe many. of investment funds, that's... That's yeah. nothing. You compare that to the UK and you compare the fees. And also they're, they're thinking about forcing you to buy an annuity. Now, actually, other jurisdictions like the UK are actually moving away from that, actually, you know, stopping the, the, the compelled... The, compelling you to buy the annuity. And the big problem with that is that interest rates are so low at the moment that actually you wouldn't get anything out of that annuity right now. Well, this is one that's going to cook and get hotter. So the boys are here for a few minutes. If you want to get in touch and ask a question, morningbrew at rthk.hk. Otherwise, we're going to crack on to lead pipes because I've got a couple of good emails about that, Steve. Lead pipes? And Facebook, Facebook. Maybe? We've got a couple more things to get into with Steve Vines in a minute. But uh, I want to talk about uh, two emails I have here. About the MPF. Now, this one is from Anon. This fellow is the MD of a big finance company here. That's why it's Anon. And he basically says, I wouldn't recommend an annuity in a million years. Steve. Well, actually... Peter, can you explain what they are? Because yeah. a lot of people don't get it. Well, I mean, I, I agree with him. I mean, an annuity is a way in which, once you retire, it provides you with an income for life, however long you live. So in order to do that... The fund needs to buy bonds, something that generates an income, a regular stream of income. The problem is right now, interest rates are so low, in some countries they're zero, that these bonds either yield nothing, or in, in some countries are even negative now. The yields on them are actually negative. So you won't, um, excuse me, you won't be able to provide an annuity, any sort of suitable annuity, well, um, any sort of income little, by... Little yeah, trickle of by, money, won't Exactly. You? The annuity won't provide you with what you need. Not these days. Right. OK. Uh, thanks for that one, Mr Anon. Uh, so, Brett writes, <coughs> whilst we're at it, mandatory uh, MPF, he said, mine's doing nicely given current events, Sir Vines. Uh, in the medieval <laughs> sense, of course. <laughs> um, what is not so good is how, unlike a similar investment I have in the first world, dividends don't turn into more units of the fund. And the management fee is very high for something that only needs to buy and hold stocks from the Hang Seng Index. You don't even need monkeys to manage that, he says. Hong Kong always messing around, trying to fix things it didn't quite get right the first time in order to please some vested interest. Let's take the in, in, in fact... <clears throat> well, if you just want to buy the Hang Seng Index, there is something called the Tracker Fund. And guess what management fee you pay for that? Nothing. No. It's a stock, <laughs> and you can sell it. Yeah. That's the other thing I like about the Tracker Fund. If you want to buy the whole Hong Kong market this week and you don't want to buy it the following week, hey... It's a very liquid market. That that fund can be... It's, it's, it's a traded share. Final word on this one to Pete. What do you reckon to his email? Well, the problem is whenever you have funds that become very concentrated, and they obviously focus on Hong Kong and China, as we've seen by the performance, once you get above a certain size, you have no choice but to, in effect, be the index. You have to buy the same stocks as everyone else that make the index. So then there's no point charging the high management fees anymore. Right, thank you very much. I'm glad you were here for that one. Right over my head. And thanks for your emails on this, because it's a massive concern. Steve, what do you want to do? Well, I was, I was just, um, as ever, um, completely mesmerised by events in Ledgeco yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, it is a, because I'm a sad person. Led, it, Ledco. Ledco, as, as its friends call it. But, I mean, well, th there was a proposal by a, a group of completely wild people to suggest that the, the chief executive should not be above the law and should be subject to the same bribery ordinance. No, the nothing systems. to see here. Move on, please. Move on. Well, that was... But the arguments against it were all, I thought, quite... Oh, of course, it got voted down because the, the proposal came from the democratic side of the fence, so anything that comes from that side of the fence gets voted down. But the arguments were absolutely staggering. Go on. I didn't hear one person stand up and say, it's a jolly good idea 
for the chief executive to be above the law of Hong Kong. That, that enhances rule of law in Hong Kong. I didn't hear a single person saying that. Instead, Carrie Lam and the usual suspects stood up and said, well, you know, this is very complicated. There are constitutional implications. There would have to be laws drafted. And, you know, the property committee should be formed. I'm glad you asked me that. I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> Thank you, Minister. But, I mean, it was the classic, it was the classic response of no response. But, of course, a motion passed in LegCo doesn't change the constitution, doesn't change the law in itself. It starts the process. So if they had any genuine interest in this happening, they would have said, well, I'm glad you asked me that. Let's get this motion on the, on the books, and then we can start the business of actually making some changes. But on the contrary, it was said that the motion was somehow an obstacle to studying the issue. We must get on to the IT thing in a second, because that I don't get... But I tell you, there's been one coup this week. Claudia Moe, who's gobsmacked that the pro uh, the pro government guys actually went with her on this. It's a, a sort of doggy department, animal right, animal uh, cruelty department. I mean, basically, that they're going to be looking at how people, you know, uh, you mean treat animals in treat Hong Kong? Animals in Hong Kong? She said, "I didn't. I didn't think the." She says, <laughs> "I didn't think the pro government lot were animal lovers." I'm absolutely beside myself with joy. So you get the odd good bit of good news. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a basically because you know animal cruelty offences here. They're a very grey area, and it happens yeah. too too much. Yeah. So good on you, Claudia. Well, well done. That's 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 a, that's a bit of a result. It would have been nice to have a result where the chief executive of Hong Kong said, you know, I'm such a believer in rule of law that I think I will subject myself to it. That, that would have been a good idea. But what does this but mean? I, I, I say this every time. I'm saying when the president does it, it's not illegal. Yeah. Well, this is... This is uh, you're, you're back to the good old days of Dickie, yeah. Richard Nixon in the White House. Um, but but the, the difference between... It, the interesting thing is the difference between Nixon... And the chief executive of Hong Kong, and goodness knows it's hard to tell, but the difference was that he was talking about getting round existing laws. In Hong Kong, we actually have a law that says you're allowed by law to get around the law can if you you're the chief executive. Can you think hypothetically of something that this would bring? I can bring, think bring of exactly. I mean, we're, 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 we're just talking essentially about bribery. So if someone makes a bung to the chief executive of Hong Kong, goodness knows that's completely inexcusable and unthinkable, they could be taken to court. As, as matters stand, if someone makes a bung to the chief executive of Hong Kong, he can say, well, I'm the chief executive of Hong Kong, I'm not, Ching, I'm not subject to that law. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. By any standards, that's just incredible. I am getting a couple of emails here about lead pipes. Let's quickly do them. OK, let's do lead pipes. Alan, good morning. Since apparently the lead solder was used in prefab units assembled in the mainland, surely it means it's standard practice in China. Why haven't we heard a peep about lead in water in China? It should be a massive, massive problem, putting melamine in milk in the shade. Hey, ain't that a fact? I mean... This all goes back to the... I'm sorry to be boring, but, you know, things do come around a bit. This all goes back to the fact that you don't get the right results if you don't have accountability. Now, the Chinese system has very, very little accountability built into it. It has mass control of the mass media, which means that the mass media can't expose things. Obviously, the legislators in, in, in the mainland don't see it as their job to look for things to expose. So... He must be right. If the problem exists here, why doesn't it exist times how many over there? But, you know, 
you don't have uh, Helena Wong in the um, Chinese system to expose it. Mm. You don't have a campaigning newspaper to expose it. Mm. But you may well have a lot of people in hospital. This one's getting a bit more technical. Another bloke writes and says, uh, pipes used to be made out of lead, mate. If a little bit of solder comes in contact with the water in the little bit of a joint that's exposed inside the pipe, it's nothing compared to the whole pipe being made of lead. You see on the telly how they slobber solder all over uh, the, the outside of pipes. I mean, yeah, if anybody's had the, the, the blokes around to fix even a window and something, it looks like a dog's dinner, doesn't it? Does. it? Um, he said the issue was one of workmanship. That's what he's saying. Well... I, I, you know, I don't want to claim an expertise no I don't have, but the fact of the matter is that that it is, I think, now widely accepted that using pipes for drinking water is sorry, using lead pipes for drinking water is no longer acceptable, and in most jurisdictions they've stopped doing that. There must be a reason for that. Hmm. Now, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I I grew up drinking water from um, pipes that had you know lead pipes. And, you know, unfortunately for some, I'm still here. And a lot of people... What would your uh, granddad have said? Oh, it takes a ton of muck to kill you, lad. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, these things aren't fatal. But, but the whole purpose of, of, of good governance is to minimise risk. It's not to, you know, it's not to say, oh, there's a risk in the system, we'll ignore it. Yeah. I don't think it... Honestly, I don't think it's a massive risk. But, you know, if, it, if it's there... It's just another And you thing, can do something about it, then why do wouldn't so. you? Thick and fast this morning, Frank. The DAB has been strong on animal rights for many years, so too, Audrey, you. The DP has been largely missing. By the way, he says, have you ever dealt with tracker funds management? No. Have no, you? I haven't. What's I'm, his point? I don't know. I'm assuming he means it's like a nightmare. Well, that's bizarre, because I don't know why you would need to deal with them. I, I mean, it's, it's a share. I don't know. So if, you are, if you're a punter, you buy the share. If you don't like the share, you sell it. I don't see what the complication is there, but... No doubt there is one. Yes, absolutely. All yours. What do you want to do? Well, I, I, I was just wondering, because, um, you know, I, I, we've talked a lot about this very fine person who's the chief executive of Hong Kong, but the, the latest developments on his Facebook page... Um, I don't odd, know whether it's... this one. You think it, it's, it's a slow news week? Fast. Is it a slow news it week? It may <laughs> well be. I mean, it, you, you remember what happened. It went up, and then it came down, and then it went up again... And he said, oh, well, you know, the only person, people who are allowed to comment on my Facebook page are my friends. Which is, which is normal. I mean, that's which, what normal... Which is normal. You know. um, but, but apparently the, the friends section is now full up. Yeah, which he's allowed to do. <laughs> he's, all of this is allowed to do. But, you know, if the purpose of your Facebook page... Oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Have you looked at the cops' Facebook the page recently? Well, well, but no, no, but, I mean, it, it's not unusual for a head of government to have, or a head of a political party, to have a Facebook page. I mean, you take the example, and it's, it, it, by coincidence, it comes up in the same week, of the leader of the um, Taiwanese opposition, Chai Ing-wan. Now, her Facebook page and she's incidentally likely to become the president of Taiwan, her, her Facebook page apparently has had something like 70,000 people no from the mainland posting comments on it, basically derogatory to her and saying Taiwan should come to its senses and go back into the motherland, etc., etc. And her response is, oh, OK, let's have the discussion. Fair enough. You know, I, she doesn't close down her Facebook page because 70,000 people... Have posted comments that What's she doesn't like. What's seventy thousand times fifty cents? Um, 
Yeah, well, there's It's that. big news these days. I mean, I like reading... You know, Obama has a new... Yeah. I, I don't know how many people post on his Does Facebook David Cameron page. have one? Yes, oh, he, he must does. do. He I does. like reading Jeremy Corbyn's. Uh, well... I just like reading it. I mean, but there's I... a lot... Of, I mean, there's an enormous amount out there. And if you're, a, if you're a public personality, if you're a head of government, actually the whole point of having a Facebook page is not to just say, oh, I'm only going to talk to my friends, I'm not going to talk to anybody else. But they usually have pages. They, they have pages that you like. We're talking about this. I can't believe... I was wondering, though, if they're talking about what's happening here, if instead of a poke button, he's going to have a shaft button. <laughs> <laughs> Or a delete button. <laughs> Just a thought. But the thing is, companies and bodies and everything, they have pages that you go, I like this, yeah. and you can write stuff on it. But yeah. if you're a private person, you're allowed to have a Facebook page, and you're allowed to add who no, the no, heck you I, want. I understand all of that, but, but he's not a private person. The chief executive of Hong Kong, it's a public office. But is this... The did key he, word there would be public. Oh, I hear you, but this, was this him as a bloke having a Facebook page? No, he has it as the chief executive of Hong Kong. Well, you're just annoyed that you're not... Allowed. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm there's a whole thing going like, how we must, um, how can we get him to like us on Facebook? This yes. is, you know, when kids talk about first world problems. Yeah, I know. I know. This is incredible. Yesterday we were remembering mm. millions of people who died mm. in wars, and today is, we're talking about this. Someone's got to tell me what Facebook is. Exactly. But, but if I knew what it is, I'd be against it. If I'm you very saw sure. Steve's telephone, <laughs> actually, do you feel liberated that you don't do any of this yes, stuff? Your I phone. Your do. phone. What does it do? Um, it makes phone it calls. It makes phone calls. Oh, and there's a calculator on there. Nice one, Steve. We'll